You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. The road is rough, and the going gets tough, and the hills are to climb. I started out a long time ago, but there is no doubt in my mind. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. The road is rough. And the going get tough, and the hills are hard to climb. I started out a long time ago, but there is no doubt in my mind. I've decided. To make Jesus my choice. The road get rough, and the going get tough, and the hills are hard to climb. I started out a long time ago. But there is no doubt in my mind. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. The road get rough and the going get tough and the hills are Hard to climb, I started out a long time ago, but there is no doubt in my mind, I've decided to make Jesus my choice. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Amen. Amen. Decision time. What decision have you made? Amen. The songwriter said, I've decided that I would make Jesus my choice. Amen. What a good choice to make. Amen. I hear the old Christian warriors say you're going to need him to live. And you're going to sure enough need him to die. Because only Jesus could make up a dying bed. Amen. That's what the old warriors say concerning the choice that they made. Amen. When they made Jesus their choice. Amen. If you know someone that haven't made the choice yet, <clears throat> tell them they got to get in a hurry. Time is winding down. It's getting late in the evening. Amen. And it's not. Amen. 
getting any shorter. Amen. The time is getting shorter. I mean, it's getting shorter. It's not getting any longer. Amen. Time is winding down. It's time that we get in a hurry. Amen. Come in out of the rain. We are the New Web Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman L. Evans. We're located 
dressed the meat in my sight. Let me see it and eat it at her hands. So Amnon laid down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a cup of cake in my sight that I may eat at her hand. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and did bake the cake. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have our all men from me? And they went out, every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into my chamber, that I may eat of thy hand. Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. And when she had brought them into him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not doubt this father, and I, neither shall I cause my shame to go. And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Albeit, he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she forced her and lay with her. And Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil is sending me away. It's greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins of power. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head, and went on crying. Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Had Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. He gone not this day. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wrong. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. But Absalom hated Amnon, because he had forced his sister Tamar. It came to pass after two full years, and Absalom had sheep shearers in Belhazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant had sheep shearers. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. And said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? Absalom pressed him, that he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Walk ye now, and Amnon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not. Have not I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. Be valiant. And the servant of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded, that all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up on his mule and fled. And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that Titus came to David, saying, Absalom had been all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tarried his garment and lay on the earth. And all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shimon, gave his brother answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men of the king's sons, for Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this had been determined 
from the day that he forced his sister, Tamla. Now, therefore, let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, but Amnon only is dead. Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonathan said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come. As thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that, behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amnon, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, but he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. We read Second Samuel chapter thirteen, verses one to verse thirty-nine. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and doer of His Word. Amen. The Bible says, "Not only the hearer is not the hearer that will be justified, but the doer shall be justified before God." Amen. So it's not just for us to hear, but it's also for us to do. It's more in the doing than it is in the hearing. And it's when we hear, then we are held accountable to do. For ye that know to do good and do it not, it is sin unto him. So it's once we hear, we are held accountable for the actions we take, for what we do. Because God is a just God. All before the Bible says he winked. He winked at our unrighteousness, at our sin, and at, at, at our ungodly deeds. Now that, that we have been exposed to sin, then we have no cloak to hide us from our sin. We're held accountable. So all of these church goers, it goes in just to get accounted for at Sunday service, at Bible study, just to say you went. Thinking it's a moral thing for us to do. And only putting, amen, more of a demand upon you when you hear it. You are more chargeable by God when you hear it and fail to do because we can't do what we don't know. And so once we're exposed to God's truth, then God holds us accountable. David was such a man. He knew about God. He made songs to God. He sang about God. He praised and worshipped God. He knew what God had did for him. Being a shepherd boy, minding his father's sheep, and took him from the sheepfold and brought him into the palace and made him king over all his people. Helped him to escape from the hands of Saul, who was out to kill him. Gave him victory in many battles. Put him on display when he killed Goliath, the giant. When no one else was willing to fight, David went out. And from that time forward, he began to have a reputation about himself. Everybody spoke about him. Even made songs about David. David killed uh, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of, his tens of thousands. They made songs concerning David. And it's something once your name is out there and people know that you didn't gave your life to God, you're not supposed to be a clubber anymore. You're not supposed to be a homemonger anymore. And so now you have a reputation that now you are saved. You're a church girl. You're a church girl. You're a church boy. And so so the, so the word spreads on us when we come to God. The word spreads. It spreads just as fast as the, the, the ungodly deeds we do. Why? Because everybody's out there doing the same thing. And so there's not much to say about what you didn't did opposed to what others didn't did because everybody's doing it. But once a person from out of the crowd come out and, uh, and, and, and give themselves to God, then the word spreads. Oh, he, he, he. 
the church boy now. He, she's a church girl now. Uh, they they belong to so and so church now. They 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 saved. They are holy rolling. You know the names that they call us once we go to God to try and discourage us and get us back on on them corners and out that street. David was exposed to all the nations that were surrounding Israel. That David was a man after God's own heart. God was on David's side. Everything that he did turned to gold. Every battle he went in, he got victory. Every person that came out against him, God protected him. But David, somewhere along the line, like a lot of us, got lazy, got complacent, and began to just hang around the house, don't want to go to church, didn't want to worship anymore, wasn't going to do the thing that he was called to do. It was in the 11th chapter of this same Second Samuel that the Bible said that it was a time that kings went out to war. Everybody out on the battlefield, but David was at his palace. He stayed home. He wouldn't go out. That's what happens when you get complacent. You stop going to church. You miss one night, then it's get easier to miss another night. And then, before you know it, you don't need no more excuses. You, you just then got away from it. Now you feel comfortable not going. All before you was being convicted, oh, I missed church. I should have went to church. And all of a sudden, you don't even have conviction anymore. To the point that now, He's not looking up to God. He's looking down on the rooftop where a naked woman is bathing herself. And 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 the spirit of lust got to him, and he desired to have this woman. But the thing about it, she was another man's woman. She was married to Uriah, the hot type. Her name was Bathsheba. Everybody knows about David and Bathsheba. Bible said that David sent for her and he, he took her. And she got pregnant for David. And somehow one night can destroy a life. A lot of people laid down that one night, woke up the next morning with AIDS. You know, old folks used to say, if you lay down with a dog, you'll wake up with fleas. But now you don't wake up with fleas, you wake up with AIDS and, and some type of venereal disease. Some of it you can't get rid of. But for David, he woke up and found out that the woman had got pregnant for him. And so when he do, he tried to cover his tracks. You know how a lot of us then did, tried to cover our tracks. And he got Uriah to come home to, to lay with his wife, but he would not because he had left his men out on the battlefield. He didn't feel right going to lay down with his wife and have a nice, comfortable bed and food to eat. But he stayed out on the on the porch of the king's palace. And when David found out, he gave him a, a letter, a death sentence. He carried to Joab, his general, to put Uriah on a heated part at the heated part of the battle so that he would be killed in battle. And so now, like old folks used to say, you know, if you lie, you steal. If you steal, you kill. Which means that you go from bad to worse. So what he did that was wrong by taking this man's wife and lying with her, now he get caught because she get pregnant, and to keep that from being exposed about him, now he takes the man and he kills him. So he go from what? Bad to worse. From bad to worse. That's what happened when we, when we, when we dabble in sin. It don't get no better. It get worse. Because one thing leads to another. I remember when I was young, when I first stopped going out and clubbing, I was drinking beer. Beer got too weak. I, I started drinking uh, vodka and, and rum, and then I had to had to back that up with, with, with habituals. So it didn't get no better for me. It got worse. And that's the same thing with anything else about life. When we dab in of unrighteousness, dab in un- unrighteousness, it don't get better, say. It get worse. When you feel up in that 
that that that that you can start missing church, missing service. It don't get better; it get worse. Cause one one miss turns into another miss until you before you know it, you're out for a, a month. One month turns into six months, then it turns into a year, and all that time you're missing service, missing the 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 the, the uh. Uh, the fellowship with the saints and hearing the word of God, you're getting weaker and weaker. And once you get so weak to fight anything, then you just go for, for all the gusto you can. That's what the world says. Get all the gusto you can for when you're dead, you're done. No, you're not dead, you're done. He you said, after death comes judgment. That's what happened. And so now, David kills this man, and what happened? God gives him a whole just about a year, because the woman carried the baby for nine months. And it was after that, he struck the child with sickness. And he sent Nathan, the prophet Nathan, to David's house to tell him that judgment had come. Now, the first judgment was that the child was going to die. Now, an innocent child then paid for something he did. You remember a the Ten Commandments that he gave the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, that the sins of the father were passed upon the children to what? The third and fourth generations. And so David's sin passed upon his child because the wages of sin is death. And so now he has to pay for it. And he's not paying for it with his life. He's paying with, for it with the child's life. And he has to look now and see how 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 uh, stressful and, uh, and 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 grievous is to look at your your child dying for something you did. Seeing the child suffer because the Bible said that God struck him with a very strong sickness. God struck him. And so when God puts something on you, I don't care how many doctors you go see, can't none of them kill you from what God did. But so David had to sit there and watch this child with this with this great illness until he died. Now in this chapter, you know, during the time that God passed judgment and told him the child was gonna die, he also told him say that the sword would not depart from your house. And then he was raised, he was right turmoil in his house. Now, we're looking at, in chapter 13, the turmoil that God is causing to come up in David's house. And it's not coming out against him. It's coming out against, his, against the siblings that, once again, he has to sit back and watch this pain like a sword pierce his heart. Amnon, David's son. Is sick with lust. He's not in love with her. He's sick with lust after his sister Camel. And he desired her. But the Bible says she was a virgin. And she was very fair to look upon. She was Absalom's sister by the same father and mother. She was Amnon's sister by the father only. And so he didn't look at her as if though she was his true sister. Because if you notice, the scripture reading said that she was Absalom's sister. He tells his first cousin, the Bible called him a friend, but really, in actuality, they are first cousins because they are brothers' children. Just because somebody is related to you, grew up with you, and seemed to be very close to you, don't always have your you at heart. They can give you some bad advice. And we have a lot of our young people in, 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 in the jailhouse and, and in the graveyard because they followed some bad advice. 
listening at someone else. And isn't that funny how, how we can follow bad advice from other people to hear the trouble come knock at our door and hear their house is with peace. Their house is with peace, and here you got turmoil in your house. You crying and boo-hooing and cutting up because your child ain't gone to jail or somebody didn't and kill your child in, or injure them so bad that they in the hospital, in ICU or somewhere, fighting for their life, and the person who gave them the bad advice, they're going home scot-free. But we don't want to listen to God. We'd rather listen to people. We don't want to listen to God. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, it shall make you free. But we don't want to be free. We want to be bound by people. We want to be accepted by people, and we receive the, the popular opinion of people so we can be accepted by people, and people give us some bad advice. And here they're going from scot-free, and here we're looking at nothing but trouble in our house. First Christian Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadad, the son of Shemir. David's brother, Jonadab, was a very subtile man. When you hear that word subtile, you better get your hat and scat. Because if you notice, if you can remember correctly, you Bible scholars, in the book of Genesis, they say that the serpent was what? Very subtile. And so if the serpent is the image of the devil, and he's subtile, that the devil used the serpent to... to, to to uh, deceive Eve, when you see in here, and they're saying that Jonadab was a very subtle man, what he's going to do? He's a, he's, he's a, that's the spirit of deception. He's about to deceive him. And we can look and see how a person's life can change overnight. And we ain't talking about hitting the lottery. We're looking at a person's life about to change in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. Listen to that bad advice. At someone that you thought had your good interest at heart. Everybody who's close to you or supposed to be close to you or supposed to be a friend of a loved one, they always give you advice because they have your best interest at heart. They got people even in your family that's envy and jealous of you. People who, who should be cheering you. People who should be applauding you and, and trying to encourage you are the same people who want to see you fail. If you don't believe me, look through the book of the gospel and see all of those, those people, who, the Israelites, these Jews, who was waiting for, for the Messiah. And when he came, what they did, all they wanted to do was kill him. They was the ones who said, give us Barabbas, but crucify Jesus. And there was his there was his relatives. There was some of his relatives that was out there calling crucify him, but give us Barabbas. Barabbas was a murderer. A thief, a robber, a gangbanger. And that's what they want. They wanted the gangbanger, the thief, the robber, the killer. But they say, crucify the truth. Don't give us the truth. Crucify the truth. But you know, that was one of his names. He said, I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So they want to crucify. People want to put the truth away, and they'd rather live by lies. Tell me something that's going to make me feel good about me. Even though I'm wrong, just tell me something that feels good about me. The Bible said this man supposed to have been a friend, in, where in actuality, they're first cousins. They're living in a palace together. And look at the advice he given. Amnon said, said, I love Tamar, my brother uh, Absalom's sister. And Jonathan said unto him, lay thee down on that bed and make yourself sick. Now, instead of him telling him, man, this is not right. Now, the thing about it, he already wrestled with this because he said here, 
in, in, in verse 2 say that, look, and uh, he said, I thought it's a hard thing for me to do anything to her. He's already wrestling with it. But he filled with so much of lust that all he needed was somebody to just push him over the edge. And this is what Jonadab did, pushed him over the edge. Same way when people be filled with anger. They want revenge over something somebody that did to them. Man, you let somebody take your money, take your dope, and take this from you, man. You let somebody talk credit to you. All they need is somebody just to push them over the head. And what they do? Go run home or go ask somebody, man, let me use your gun. And, and when, they, when they pull that trigger, then reality sets in. But it's too late now. Their life is gone. Reality sets in. And they love what in the world are they done? Now they're crying. They want their mama. They want, they want everybody to help them to get a lawyer. How can I get out of this? But how can you get out of you and kill somebody? Telling him, give him good advice. Look, 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 look at a plot that Jonadab is laying out for this climber. Look at the plot that he's laying out for him. He says, look, go lay yourself down on the bed and make yourself look like you're safe. And when your father comes to see you, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister come, Camel come and give me meat. And dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and eat it out of hand. Now, what they're doing? They're calling everybody together to go and eat a family meal. And so instead of him going to eat a family meal with his father, his brothers, and his other sisters, he's saying to him, look, don't go to the family house and eat with them today. Make yourself seem like you're sick and ask your father to let your sister Tamar to come and fix something to eat for you at your own house. This is what the scripture is really saying. They're about to go and gather themselves together at a family meal. So it lets you know that having family meals together is good. It helps to bring relationship. Just because you're blood-related don't necessarily mean you have a relationship. But when you come together to break bread together and sit and talk at a, at a, family, at a family gathering, it helps you to build relationship. Just because you shot marbles and played kite and, and, and everything as a child, do you realize as we grow, we change? Our habits change, our thoughts about life, it changes. And so as we continue to sit together and break bread together, it helps us to build a relationship with one another as we change through life. You hear people say all the time, you know, that boy used to be so, I don't know what did happen to him. Why? Because you didn't, you, you, at one point they used to talk, talk about the generational gap. We can't communicate because there's a, there's a gap. We can't come together because there's a generational gap thing. So when you stop, coming together as family, you lose that relationship that you once had. You can't handle one another like you used to handle. You can't talk to one another like you used to talk. But as you go down through the years and you continue to have this, this, this brother, sister, and family relationship, where you're sitting at the table and breaking bread, you keep this community, this, this the line of communication over with one another. And so he tells him, he's telling him, yeah, when your daddy comes to call you to go, come down to the palace to sit down at the table to eat, tell him you're sick. But send Tamar to my house and make me some meat while I can eat at my house. And look what verse 6 says. So Adam laid down. So he's going to listen at the clock. He's listening at what this boy is telling him. So Adam laid down and made himself sick. Now, he's not only, he's not only deceived, going to deceive us, he also deceiving his father. He's deceiving his father. He's lying to him. He's lying to him. Now, David is the king. He's over a nation, like God is over the world. He's our father. So when you pray, what you say? Say, our father, which are in heaven. And that's time that you and I didn't lie to him. We didn't deceive him. Because we listen to that bad advice. Man, look. Uh, 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 just tell God you're sorry, man. You, you can repent. Yeah, just tell God. What happens when you can't get to say you're sorry or repent? So Hannah lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Hannah said unto the king, I pray thee, let Hannah, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Same thing his, his first cousin tell it. He repeats the very same words almost verbatim. There's something when you let somebody put something in your mouth. 
And so he repeats what the, what the first cousin tells him. Because he wants to seem like he has some type of authority. Because look how he fills his head. Ain't you the king's son? Why you got to lay here sick all day wanting this girl? When you're the king's son, you can have whatever you want. So he fills his head with flattering words. How many times we've been fooled or led astray with flattering words? And I don't know why they talk crazy like that to you. They don't. They must not know who you is. They, they, they can't be know who you is. They don't know that you'll knock their head off and all. We hear these things that people say and what it calls us to do. Go out there and carry them out. Because people have built you up. Then buck, like they say in the office street, they then buck your head up and then swole your chest up, talking about how bad everybody that heard you supposed to be. So now what you got to do? You have to live up to them words. You don't deny it. You just you, live, you go out there and live up to it. Man, look, I don't care what they say. Man, I ain't that type of person. No, you ain't going to say that thing. Because it make your chest swell up. And so now what you have to do, you have to live by these words. And you go out there and carry these things out that people and say it about you, knowing that this is not you. Knowing this is not you. Then it had these these pictures that uh these these things came more about skate straight and all kinds of prison programs about these youngsters that's out here violating. And they want to play like they're so hard. But as soon as they do something, and knowing that they're facing some time, they're crying. I look at some time at this, at this program come on 48 hours. A lot of them youngsters get out there and commit them crying. And no sooner as the detectives go and get them and arrest them and bring them in, they're up in that place crying and telling on one another. So why sit there and listen at this stuff that's going to swell your head and your chest up to make you go do something that you know is not you? A hang with a crowd that you know you shouldn't be a part of. Amnon, he go and repeat the very words that his, that his first cousin tells him to say. Now the thing about it, Check it out. Jonadab is not there now. He didn't, he didn't put this foolishness in his head that he's going on about his business. Amnon is facing his father by himself. He said, let my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at our hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, go now to that brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. Now, he's doing this out of good faith, thinking that his son is sick but the son is deceiving him. He's deceiving him. Lying to him. Verse 8 says, so Tamar went to her brother's house. Why? Because she was obedient to the father. As Christ was obedient even unto death. He was obedient. She was obedient to her father. She didn't complain and say, well, why I got to go over there? Don't we supposed to be having a family supper, family gathering at, at supper time? No. With, 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 with King David, the father tells her, this is what he do. This is what she do. With King Jesus tells her, this is what we should do. David sent home to Tamar saying, go down to that brother's house, Amnon's house, and dress him meat, not knowing that she, he's sending her to her spiritual death. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he said, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and did bake the cakes. Now she doing all this not knowing the plot that this boy is making and what he have on his mind and his heart to do to her. Do you realize a lot of people leave from home, go out to clubs or go to the store, not realizing it could be the last not knowing what's lying ahead for you. A lot of people that went to, to, to parties or, or clubs and things like this just to go out more or less and call themselves having a good time. Not realizing that they're just waiting on them when they leave out that door. 
Some people are left off to go to school and never return. You have a program that comes on now called Missing. A lot of you look on milk cartons. Have you seen this child? Missing. Left from home to go to school. Never returned. That's why we got to we got to always make sure that our business is fixed with God. But we don't know what what lies ahead today or tomorrow. Only God knows what our future is. But the Bible said the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Going to and fro up and down in the earth, seeking whom he may devour. God told us, told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He said, oh, I can't touch Job. You got to hedge about him. I, I didn't check him out. I can't get to him because you got a hedge round about him. He said, but if you move this hedge, it's, it's not always God is the one who moves it for Satan to, to come in, to, to, to try us. We move it ourselves by staying away from service, by staying out of fellowship. And when those things come, we make the wrong choice, bad decision, and who we blame? We blame God. We don't never blame ourselves. We blame God. We quote all kinds of scriptures. God, I thought you said in your word. You won't leave enough to say God didn't leave you. And he didn't forsake you. You left him. We leave God, but we blame him for what happened to us. A lot of people leave from home. And the police go to question the family members. Well, when the last time you saw them? Well, what did they have on? You know, putting me through all of this stress and agony. You're already missing your child. Don't know what didn't happen to them. But now you've got to go through all of these questions. Like as if you're a suspect. Because you know what they say. When something happened to a spouse or one of the children, they always look inside the house or inside the family first. And so they put you through all of this rigmarole because of a decision that they made. And so Tamar, she leaving, going to her brother's house because her father told her to. Because the son deceived the father to make him think that he was sick and that he needed to eat at home. So send me Tamar. Tamar, she honors her father's wishes and she go over to Amnon's house. And he was laying down, playing sick. And so she's in the kitchen kneading the flour, making some flour bread, making some cakes for him. While she baking a cake, he baking one too. But the cake he's baking, she she don't want she that ain't a cake for her to eat. Verse nine says, and she took a pan and poured them out before him, and he refused to eat. And Amnon said, have all men from me. Now he's talking about all the servants, all his servants that wait on him and keep his house clean, keep it, make his bed up and. And lay out his clothes. All of these people, the valets and all of these, all of these people who wait on him hand and foot as one of the princes in the palace. He puts them out because he don't want no witnesses. He puts them out. And all men be from me. And they went out, every man from him. And I'm not saying unto Tamar, bring me into the chamber that I may eat of thy hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. Now, she's innocent. She's innocent. She's innocent. She, she's just trying to do something good for her brother because he said he was sick. And so everything that he's requesting and asking of her, she's trying to do it. Why? To make him comfortable. And this is what Jesus came to make things comfortable for us. For whosoever just believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Everything that they ask of him, he did. He said, I didn't come, he said, I didn't come to, 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 to change the scripture. He said, I came to fulfill the scripture. I didn't come to change the law. I came to fulfill. Tamar was fulfilling what her father had requested of her. And she went there with good intentions. But his intentions wasn't good. Do you realize a lot of people come to church, they don't have good intentions when they come there. They come in there to take some of the women out of their church. 
some of the women come in there to take some man out the church. Go get you a church man, girl. That's going to take good care of you. Go get you a church woman. You can run the street. You can do all you want to do. She's going to still be at home. Some people that come to the church come there under, under disguise, under false impression, false intention. I believe the Bible says that, 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 that Satan, he comes, he comes in a wolf wearing sheep clothing. I believe that's what the Bible says. He's a wolf in sheep clothing. He comes under disguise. And this is, this is what Amnon is doing. He's a wolf in sheep clothing, in kingly apparel, priestly, a prince's apparel. And he's lying there under disguise of a prince. But inside, he's a raven wolf. Just waiting. Just waiting for his opportunity to strike. He's waiting for his opportunity to strike. And now he's setting, he's setting it up. He's putting the, the witnesses. He's putting them out. He's putting them out. He don't want nobody to see what he's about to do. And after everybody leaves, he, he calls Tamar into his chamber that he may eat from out of her hand. Tamar took the case which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. The serpent is about to strike now. The closer she gets, the more he 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 wiggling his tongue and he's about to he's about to strike. About to strike. Somebody that's listening in, you're getting closer and closer for the enemy who's about to strike. Because you're being drawn and enticed by flattering words. By a person who's under disguise of who, they, who you think that they are, but inside they are raving wolves, dressed up in sheep clothing. God look not on the outside. God looking on the inside. He look on the heart of man. Are we judging men and people from what we see on the outside? He say, God don't judge like man. God look at the heart of man. There's many spirits that's going out into the world today. All see, we need to do what? Try that spirit. By the spirit of God and see whether, see what type of spirit this is that you're dealing with. But we don't worry about the spirit. We worry about the flesh. We want to please the flesh. Try that spirit and see whether that spirit be of God. But because our eyes is full with lust, and this is what we want, regardless to what Bible say, regardless to what our parents say, if our eyes are filled with lust and that's what we want, they don't care nothing about no spirit. Spirit can't make them feel like that flesh can make them feel. Until trouble hit. They're calling everybody. They don't, want to, they don't want to listen to nobody as long as they, they, they're full of lust. But when trouble comes, they won't call everybody. Isn't that funny? We don't listen to nobody when it's something that we want to do for something we want. But when it causes us trouble, we want to call everybody to help us. Amnon took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. Verse 11 says, And when she had brought them into, brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her. That is, that is serpent that struck now. He took hold of her. He didn't wait for her to just get close enough. He took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister.
this lesson tonight is for somebody. Somebody that that has been deceived under the disguise of darkness or under the disguise of, of, of what a person tries to make you believe that they are. And they just wait until you to get close enough for them to strike. Look what, look what he said here. When she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her. He, he, he reached out. He grabbed her. He struck like a, like a snake. As soon as you get close to a snake in the grass, everybody hear people say, boy, that person ain't nothing like us but a snake in the grass. Because you can't see the snake. You can't. You, you're walking in the grass. You don't see him. You don't even pay no attention. And when you get close enough, what they do? They fight you. They strike. They said unto her, come lie with me, my sister. The sisters in the church is just as, is just as greater than the, than the blood sisters of Amnon and Absalom and all the rest of them. Incense. And, and you got brothers and deacons and preachers in the church laying with the sisters. Come lying with me, my sister. Oh, yeah, you know it's happening. This ain't nothing new. We have to be careful what we allow to come into our healing. Because it can entice you to make a bad decision. I do pray that something we said on tonight concerning this lesson has been a blessing you or to someone who listened in that we don't have to live by trial and error or go out and, and be perfumed or, or be beguiled by Satan and his fiery darts, his cunningness. But we need to know his spirit. Look in the book of Galatians and it'll tell you about the fruits of the spirit and the work of the flesh so that you can know what type of spirit you're dealing with. Because the work of the flesh is a spirit also. It's like the fruits of the spirit. That's the fruits of destruction, the flesh. The spirit gives life. The flesh bring forth what? Death. So I pray that something we, we say tonight concerning these verses of Scripture have opened up somewhat eyes of understanding that we may see a little clearer concerning life in general. Because this is what the Bible is talking about, talking about life in general. Because what happened here? It's still happening in our society today. Maybe somebody that's listening in might even know somebody like that. Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, what is has been already, but there's nothing new under the sun. So we thank God for you, saints. I pray that the word been a blessing to one and all. And I pray that you you tell a, a family member, tell a friend, tell somebody about this Bible study. Tell them to listen in. You know, it may help save somebody. And not just save this, so it might save somebody's life from making a bad decision. So this concludes our lesson on tonight. We are the New Web Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman L. Evans. We located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is NW of Life. 2002 at yahoo.com. Let us hear from you. Drop us a line. May God bless you. May God keep you. This is our prayer. Good night, saints.